Hey, this is Baird. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs, the only watch podcast that has seen the backside of water. You have made it to episode 191. Baird, what is up? The backside of water. The backside. That's a uh, Disney. <laughs> not much. Uh, just uh, happy to be here again. <laughs> this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, Michael is taking a vacation from his vacation, as most of us are wont to do, um, which is, I guess, a situation we've all found ourselves in. I have found... I use that logic in most things in my life. So sometimes I need a cocktail to chase down my last cocktail or oh, beer no. to chase down my last – just so I can help decompress from my previous alcoholic experience. You know what I mean? <laughs> so Yeah, that's that's what I say. I need that second plate of French fries to hold this first <laughs> plate down. Listen, this is, this is a load-bearing serving of French fries, okay? Dude. Do not misconstrue. I did. I, I need all the potatoes you have in this building. I, I what I enjoy so much about the TBW's Patreon Slack is that Baird, legitimately, you and I, I think, had like a fifteen-minute conversation about fried chicken the other night. Oh gosh, <laughs> just two grown dudes <laughs> talking about fried chicken. Oh, I'm always that. afraid. I'm always afraid that people are gonna like because I'm Southern. People are gonna think that somehow I'm uh, being racist because I talk about fried chicken. But I legitimately like hunt that shit down uh, we've, we've had very in-depth conversations specifically in regards to like um like a fried chicken sandwich you 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 oh my god popeyes you 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 for you it's popeyes dude that sandwich tastes like it came from your grandma who doesn't give a crap about calories or cholesterol nice. oh god it's tried, so good i haven't been to a popeyes in years but now i want to go that sandwich is bad dude i, I didn't I didn't yeah. realize it when it came out, and everybody's like, "You can't get one, bro." But now I then I ate one, and I was like, "Oh man, <laughs> son!" Just to clarify, this episode two of Watch Knobs is not sponsored by Pi- Sp- sponsored by Popeyes, but it could be. Could be. It could Hit be. Hit me Mama. up. Send me an email. We'll we'll Mama. work something out. By God, yeah. Mama Popeye, if you want to send us uh, send us some samples, uh, I won't say no. You know. But here, let's do this. Episode 191. This is going to be a lot of fun, actually. Super huge. Just thank you so much, Baird, for joining me. In the past week or so, there have been a ton of watch releases. And so Baird and I thought it would be a ton of fun to just basically jump on air um, and just do hot takes on some of these watch releases that have come out. Uh, I will tell you, folk, you kind folk at home right now, we're not going to agree with everything the Internet's been saying in regards to a lot of these releases. So... If you are coming to this podcast to take part in the orological echo chamber of everything is awesome, you should probably just close just close the, the show now. Um, but if you're interested in hearing conversations about some of these releases that are going to be maybe not what you normally hear, maybe go into a little bit more explanation about why some of these things are or aren't special, then definitely stay tuned because we'd love to have you here at the Two Book Watch Shops. But here, let's do this, Baird. It is time. Would you like to honor tradition with me for episode 191 and do an audio risk check? Absolutely. What, what do you? Do I, get, what, what do do I you, get to go first? You go first. I'm talking way too much. What do you? All what right. you so I got a new watch. Actually, um, let me tell cool. a quick little story. Uh, apparently, I have been with eBay for 20 years. Oh, okay. And they sent me a $25 off coupon for being with them for 20 years. Cool. So I, with all the talk that you guys have had in the last couple episodes about Orient 
and I have pretty much gotten rid of every Orient I've ever owned. I thought, eh, let's let's try let's try a different one out. Let's try okay. something else out from them. So I used my twenty five dollar coupon and ended up picking up for a hundred dollars an Orient Maestro, the oh. RA dash AC zero E, the green dial with the mesh bracelet. And uh, uh, I, it is that that green dial is a beautiful shade of green. It really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not a typical Orient that folks gravitate to or are aware of. You know, this is cool. It's really the dial is really pretty. Um, yeah. Uh, it is. I didn't even know this watch existed. You know, yeah. I, I think I put something on Slack, and and Jason was like, uh, "You mean the Maestro?" And I was like, "Oh, okay. So this <laughs> is something. I it's not just I didn't discover this. You know, it's been out for a while, but I didn't know this watch existed. I only knew of the uh, you know all the divers and basically the Bambinos and then the Orient Stars, but uh, I got this thing for a hundred bucks and. You know, it's really nice. It's got the new movement in it, so it does hack and hand wind. The movement is not decorated wow. a lot, and it definitely looks like a, an old Seiko, that's for sure. Mm. But uh, it, it's very simple. There's no loom. It's just it's just a three-hand time teller. The dial is basically blank except for the logo, which stands for their manufacturing process and the customer's <laughs> king. You, you uh, caught that episode where Michael and I were talking other, about that? <laughs> Uh, whatever other bullshit they want to try to <laughs> say those two fucking lines stand for. But uh, um, but it's it's actually a very nice little watch. I think uh, it is 40 millimeters. Mm. And I think uh, I think it was maybe GTS Derek in the Slack who said that he thinks it would be a little bit better at 38. And he's probably right. Uh, yeah. Because it's all dial. It, it's it's not huge, but I think for some people with a smaller wrist, it might be a little overbearing uh, with such a big dial. But uh, I, the, the, I've i never had a green watch. Uh, Welcome and, to my world. Yeah. Everything the, is green now, man. And the dial on this one is, it is really, really pretty. It's not anything fancy. It has a little bit of a texture to it. Mm. Uh, but that green color, it's, it looks kind of tealish online, but it, when, it, when you get it, it sort of shifts between that and sort of a dark hunter. That's and, badass, uh, man. I love this. So I love this watch for, for, for two pretty nuanced reasons. The, 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 the black date wheel, that's always just a nice touch. Yeah. And um, it doesn't have a day. You know, this is the yeah. first one I've seen that doesn't have the day. It just has the date. Yeah. And I love the hands. These aren't necessarily kind of typical "quote unquote" catalog hands. They're they taper really nicely, and they go very well with these polished bar mark polished bar markers. It's yeah. just a it's a pretty handsome what I would classify as a fun dress watch. Um, right. Are you, are you going to keep it on the mesh? Yeah, probably. I actually like a mesh bracelet. Um, nice. I know I know a lot of people don't, uh, but. Uh, I, I kind of, I, that was another thing I think that kind of drew me toward it. I know they, uh, some of the other colors may come with other things, but I don't know. I saw that green with the mesh bracelet. I may try it on something else, but, uh, you know, like I said, I, somebody had it on eBay brand new for like 130 bucks and I used a $25 off coupon and got it for a hundred dollars. So all day, especially if you got one of these new hacking hand, uh, hand winding calibers in there, the, um, What's the quality of the bracelet like? Because bracelet quality within Orients has always been 
like anything that's under the orange star line has always been one of those really weird sticking points for folks. How would you classify well, the quality of the mesh bracelet here? Well, that's that's the thing. Uh, you know, I agree with you. I think that every time it seems like I got a lesser a lesser orient mm-hmm. diver, the bracelet was always kind of crappy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not. I don't want to say crappy, but you know, it was tinny. You know, right, it was cheap. You know, the stamp steel deploying. Right. All, it, eh. But this, you know, these mesh bracelets. They're all pretty much the same, uh-huh. uh, but you know it, it's 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 nice and thick. It's got a, a good thickness to it. It's not super thin, and it does flex uh, pretty well. Um, the the uh, it's easy to adjust uh, nice. the size on it. Like the Mito I have that has the same bracelet. I bet you would use a jackhammer to get that thing unlocked. <laughs> but this you can use your fingernail, and it pretty much pops up and allows you to adjust it. And you push it back down. Uh, but it's it's nice. It's not bad. It's got the uh, you know the Orient logo stamped on the on the clasp. But uh, you know that's a that's a you know I tell you you talk about Orient marketing. You know I think if they marketed that watch a little bit better, you'd probably see more of them. Yeah, well, know, it's nice. You and I, or at least I, could talk about at least Orient USA marketing until no, everyone... I didn't even know this watch existed. Yeah. Do me a favor. Can you turn the watch around? Look at the case back. Does it say Epson anywhere oh, yeah. on there? It does. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. So uh, Orient Watch Co. was acquired, fully acquired by Epson in 2017. They had a 50 or 51 percent stake starting as far back as 2008, but in 2017 it was the, the, the aggressive acquisition. So Orient Watch Co. is owned by Epson, and over the past two or three years, Epson has been. Um, trying to make changes in Orient. So I'm not talking about Orient USA. Orient USA, USA it's just just think of Orient USA in the Orient watch world as like a cancerous limb that we're just trying to just, just remove from our corpse. So I'm just talking about Orient, uh, you know, in, in Japan. Uh, they've been trying to just do stuff to separate Orient from other Japanese brands, maybe step it up. And one of those subtle things I've started to notice is that they're putting Epson on case backs of Orient stars. I didn't realize until recently... Um, Jason Tricoli, the other TV desk uh, contributor that you were talking about, Baird, he has an Orient Kamasu, and his has Epson on the back, too. I'm actually really surprised that yours has Epson on the back as well. That's wild. Sure does. Cool, cool, cool. Good stuff, man. Good good wrist check. I didn't realize you had this. Yeah, I, I kept it a secret until today. Uh, open to um, reviewing it? <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely could, absolutely. It's a so. nice little watch. It really is. Like I, You know, it kind of reminds me of the SNK Seikos. Um, mm. you know, it's, it's a little bit bigger, but you know, a, an affordable, uh, low cost watch that, you know, you could wear every day all yeah. the time for the rest of your life. Now, it, obviously it's polished. It's not like the Seiko's in that you could beat the crap out of it. Uh, but you know, it's sort of its case design and shape sort of give me that vibe. I love those I hands. Shit. So cool. It's really, it's, they're, they're really pretty too. Cause they do have a separation kind of in the middle. Mm. Uh, so you can, you catch that in the light, uh, that they're angled, angled down from the center. Uh, but you know, like I said, it's not going to win any awards or anything, but it's just a nice, simple watch and it does everything it's supposed to. And it has hacking and hand winding and all that and in-house movements and all those words people love to hear. <laughs> and again, if you can. You get online and look. You can find them for as low as 130 bucks. 100 bucks. Good stuff, man. 
super cool. Is that uh, is that my turn? Mm-hmm. Risk check. So for today, I am wearing the tried and true one of our few TBWS kind of logical mascots here. I'm wearing my Slava Medical uh, mechanical pulse meters. One of the probably one of the cooler pieces in my Soviet watch um, collection. You know, uh, pulse meter. It's uh, a pulse meter in terms of dial scales that folks are uh, familiar with. Is probably one of the lesser known ones. More popular dial scales are chronograph like tachometers or telemeters or or those kinds of things. The pulse meter is specifically a dial uh, scale complication. Not really complication. It's a dial scale. Uh, suited specifically towards um, measuring heartbeat, heart rate. So, you know, people call it, quote unquote, a doctor's um, a doctor's watch. A few modern brands make pulse meters. Uh, I know Longines had one a while back, a monopusher that I was just, I was like lusting after hardcore, like licking the glass <laughs> at like a Longines AD. But like, I saw that watch, man, I saw that watch many years ago when there wasn't even the possibility of me being able to own it because it was like forty five hundred bucks. Um, it's possibly something I could save for now, but they don't exist. I I've never been able to find one ever again. You know? Yeah, I like I love the K shape on that. Uh, the Slava. The Slava, yeah, it's uh, it's different. It's not. It's uh, it's almost like that brew watch's shape, you know. Do you know what the Do you know what the Soviet watch community calls this K shape? Because this is a K shape iconic to Slava. Did they call it the fridge case? The fridge case. <laughs> How unsexy good. can we get Baird? The fridge well, case. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what it looks like. I remember TVs, TV cases and back in the yeah. old days. They had the big kind of roundish square look with a little tiny dial in it. Yep, yep. This is the Slava fridge case. There's a few other Slava models with this case, but the case shape uh, is pretty iconic for, you know, this, uh, this Slava. Every time I have to set the day... I have to go online because the watch is in Cyrillic, so I don't know oh, what God. like Saturday and Monday and Tuesday are in Russian. So I have to look it up like 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 an asshole. It's pretty cool, actually. Though it's I mean it's it's neat. I always wanted like foreign day, <laughs> uh, foreign day watches. I, I I always wanted a Kanji wheel watch. Yeah, man, uh, Kanji Seikos. That's a huge, huge. Thing. Michael, Michael, Michael's got one. I think he has like a yeah, turtle a Kanji one. Yeah, yeah. And I took uh, I was a weird kid in my little tiny town where I grew up in Virginia, uh, we actually had some people of Japanese descent that lived in the area. Right. So instead of taking Spanish like I should have, <laughs> I took three years of Japanese. Uh, that's cool. I don't remember I don't remember anything beyond pleasantries today almost. Like, you know, right. hey, how are you? Where's the bathroom? Right. You're a that'll pile of your, shit. That'll, that'll get you far, man. My wife is doing Japanese on like Duolingo and Rosetta Stone um, right now, because like in a few years we want to go, if it ever becomes safe to travel again. Um, just so when we're there, we can at least like, like you said, pleasantries, find train stations. You should watch, uh, mm. you should get on Amazon and watch uh, the James May goes to Japan. Is it uh, good? I've been tempted. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I've been. T I, I, I always. I see the title and I'm like, oh, should I do it or am it's, I? Just, is it going to be weird? Well, it's one, fun? I love. I love James Bay anyway. But I'm telling right. you, there's a, there's an episode and I can't remember <sighs> if it's three or four where he takes a little Japanese robot called a Robohan and it's supposed to like guide you through the city, and that episode makes me die every time. God Almighty. 
But the thing that's great about the thing that's great about Japanese and funny enough, I don't really care for Japanese design and cars or watches for that much. Right. Um, it, I like Japanese stuff. I just it's never hit me hard. But like the some of the ancient culture of Japan is extremely interesting, um, and it's kind of neat how they've meshed because uh, they're obviously moving very they're becoming a very western style country in the last few decades yeah um last few almost century now but it's interesting how they've meshed old tradition with the, with new stuff and it's pretty neat you should watch it it's really cool i want to check it out it's got the bared stamp of approval oh my so god just, so that running robohan episode <laughs> So running stamp of approvals, it is Popeye's chicken sandwich. It's the <laughs> Orient Maestro, and it's the James May goes to Japan uh, on Amazon. That Friday. sounds like a good Saturday night. <laughs> I don't have a good time, but yeah. So for the wrist check, I thought it'd be fun to wear the Slava Medical. It's been uh, it's been some time. Um, I'm just doing my special watch run through because I'm in the I'm in the middle of switching jobs right now. So I left my old job and I was wearing my old memory watch, which is the which is the Riketa Big Zero, and now I'm taking a week off before I start my new job, and I'm like, you know what? Let's rock the Slava Medical for a bit. Let's let's tack on some memories for this as well. So, um, super super happy to be wearing that here with you, Baird. But here, let's do this. Let's jump into our Patreon audio wrist check shoutouts. All the kind folks who support us on Patreon have the opportunity to join us on the audio wrist checks that you know we do here at TBWS. This. What we're about to do right now, uh, guys and gals at home, is the closest way we can get you in on the audio wrist checks without like sharing a bed with you. And we don't want to share beds with you because it's not safe because of COVID. All right. After COVID, we can talk. But before that, we're going to have to settle for doing audio wrist check shout outs like this. Um, and just to just to preface, I have reached out to everyone who is eligible. L- L- oh, that's a word. Eligible. There it is. For the Patreon audio wrist check shout out that we're about to do, not everyone has gotten back to me yet. So if you support us on Patreon and if you've been wondering, hey, when the hell can I get in on this? I may have already reached out to you. I did it through Patreon. So whatever email you used on Patreon, because I ran to that because people are like, oh, yeah, I signed up for Patreon. But I used my like spam AOL email that I used for Sephora and Cade Spade. It's like, no, well, I need that. I need to contact you on something. What's your email address, sir? It's file13 at fuckoff.com. <laughs> no, dude, the, the, the tried and true, you use your high school email. It's always something super emo at hotmail or at like Gmail. You know what I mean? It's like 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 sullen raven34 at crestfallen hotmail. It's like, wow, shit. Okay, that's, <laughs> oh, God. That's a big, high school big, email shit. It's like big sexy 918, you know? <laughs> You used the email that you used when uh, AOL Instant Messenger or Way Messages were still like relevant. Do you remember like AIM Away Messages? Did you oh, ever do that? Oh, yeah, God, dude. yeah. Dude, I remember in the 90s, like getting on like crappy ass chat rooms locally, which I probably shouldn't have done. But, you know, you get on there and be like, what's up? And somebody immediately go, ASL. ASL. If, if you said M16, you know, whatever, they were like, well, do you, what are you doing tonight? You want some wine coolers or something, bro? Like, oh, yeah, my mom's away. I'm just doing laundry. God. What a- Thus predicated the entire Chris Hansen to catch a predator series. Uh, what a, dude, yeah, what dude. a fucking gross place the internet can be. The internet is quite, it's quite awful. I, it's very, I think, 
they're without sounding too, you know, Philip K. Dick or Asimovish. It's probably what's ruined everything. Oh. Maybe everyone shouldn't have access to information and each other. I have been begging my mom to get off Facebook because it just upsets <laughs> her so much. I'm like, just get off of it. I had to. I literally had. I had to convince my wife to remove Facebook from her phone. Because every time she'd go on it, she would just see something like on her feed that upset her. And it's just yeah. like you're you're literally putting shit that makes you upset in front of you. Yeah, it just makes you hate everybody. Yeah. So just and they're like, well, how do you keep up with your friends? I'm like the same way you always did. You ignore them and then call them once or twice every year. <laughs> or you do what I do. You don't have friends and right. you just cut out the middleman. Speaking All of right? which, speaking of which. I, if my friend Nathan is listening, he called me last week and I told him I'd call him back and I completely forgot and I promise I'll call him today. <laughs> Nathan, he's going to call you today. It's September 6th. It's Sunday. He's going to call you today, man. <laughs> oh, it's good. Telling you, dude. Right. But yeah, so here, let's do audio risk check, Patreon shout out. So yeah, again, if you want to get in on this and you support us on Patreon, I've probably tried reaching out to you. Go and check whatever email you use to sign up for Patreon. If you still, for some reason, haven't uh, reached out to us or haven't heard from us, reach out to us on Instagram or by email. I'll cover all that shit later. But here, let's do this. Patreon audio risk check shoutouts. Let's start with let's start with this Zim. So huge Patreon audio risk check shoutout to Sacha, who is rocking probably the coolest Zim I have ever seen in my life because I did not know these existed. It is the Zim 910 Split Chronograph Limited Edition which he has a lot of memories attached to. And what I think is fantastic is, so these Zins in particular, this 901 split chronograph, it apparently it's a limited edition out of 300. And his wife got this for him, this Zin, this is how awesome his wife is, got this Zin for him as a wedding gift. And the number on the limited edition corresponds to his birthday. No, does it really? How cool is that? That's cool. love, man. That is a yeah. That's a that's a nice gift, and it's a cool watch. I love split second chronos. Uh, you know, I guess you know what they do. I, I I assume this one works pretty much like all the other ones. But I think when you start the chrono, both second, it's got two second hands that sit right on seconds. top of each other. Yeah, and then you know they move together until you hit another button, and then the one stops while the other exactly. one continues. It's pretty neat. I love yeah. those things. They're really cool. Is it like a is it like an old school racing application? You think I don't really know. It, what. it, it probably is. My thing is, I would guess so. Um, I have an old Seiko seven A twenty eight that also has like a lap timer, but the uh, it's a quartz, and the difference in it is it doesn't have a split seconds. It has a, a what they call a lap timer, where you press the second hand and it stops. Okay. So that you can write down your time, and then when you press uh, it again, it, it zips back up to the current time. Which this one I think is a split second, where it's a split second when you press that button, that one second hand stops, so you can see the time or the yeah. or the the speed or whatever you're trying to average, uh, while the other one continues around, um, or a lap timer maybe you could use it as that. So that's my guess. I I obviously am not awash with money to know how these things work, but. Uh, and it's just gorgeous because other split chronos I've seen are super busy. This thing is yeah, this one's clean. really cool. Yeah, it's got just the it's got like the uh, tachymeter dial around it. Yeah, and uh, uh, another scale. It looks like uh, oh, it's it, you can go around twice. 
uh, it's got the it's got your uh, tachymeter style, style on the inside, and then if you go past a minute, the outside is the average speed through a mile Ooh. if you're going slower than 60 miles an hour. If you're averaging slower than 60 miles an hour, that's what that outside scale is. But that's uh, uh, I, I love I love buy compacts, I guess, chronographs with the two eyes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool. That's a good looking watch. Zen to me, I think makes pretty good looking watches overall. Um, I've never seen one in person, but from the pictures it, it you know, they just, they seem to me like a, a company that kind of just, they make what they like, you know, they're not they operate, to... they operate on like a function driven sort of design ethos. So right. because of that, they have a lot of design similarities with other, like German brands like Damasco and things like that, you know, I feel like Zen and Damasco always get thrown into sort of the same, you know, boat, especially like in the watch community and stuff like yeah. that. But it's just like, but I've never seen a Zen. I've never seen a Zen like this. This thing is so wild. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Man, really mad, mad props. Thank you so much for sharing this with us, um, Sasha. And thank you so much for supporting TBWS and just, um, you know, sharing the entire story around this watch. So I mentioned before that my Raketa Big Zero is my memory watch. This Zen 910 limited edition is, is Sasha's memory watch. You know, obviously I mentioned the wedding thing, the birthday, um, you know, he wore it during the, the, the birth of both of his children and everything like that. And so it's just really, really, really cool and appreciate sharing that story, you know, with us at TBWS. Um, let me see here. Next TBWS already restrict Patreon shout-out is Bam Graham in Hong Kong rocking a Breitling I have never seen in my life. It is the Breitling Transocean Day Date. It, it, it's got like Rolex, like President Rolex Day Date sort of vibes. It's not what you – like when I say Breitling, most folks probably think of like the Super Ocean or the Emergency, like really, really just – sort of sporty or larger watches this thing is quite subdued quite handsome it's just like a nice classic looking dress watch and like all breadlings it's chronometer certified and everything like that but this thing is really really cool we were baird you and i were just like yeah we've never seen this before but it's pretty cool i've never seen it no i i had to get on the website to kind of read anything about it and uh, apparently they <clears throat> you know they want you to feel like you're on a luxurious Long haul airliner. Wear this what is an airliner? Is, is that a plane? Like, is the airliner just like a like a plane? I think it's what fancy people call a big plane or a private plane. <laughs> private plane. Oh, that's funny. The I one know. I have in front of me has the has the the crosshair dial. Yeah, which is actually kind of neat. I love that's crosshair really dials. Really cool. Right, I, I really a, do like crosshair dolls. That, that's a that's a cool thing from the old days. I don't know what the purpose of it was, if it was just for aesthetics or what, but I always I always really like a crosshair doll. To me, it's very evocative of like watches I had seen, like vintage pieces from like the sixties and seventies. I guess kind of when like the jet setting era was becoming a thing. Maybe that's the idea that Breitling is going for with this Transocean Day date. You know? Yeah, that's that's what I would think too. Is it's it's just kind of a you know, sort of a, uh, a sort of a, a, a feel like a vintage dress watch from that era. Yeah, so cool, man! This thing is wild. If you uh, look at a picture of it from the side, um, 
you can see kind of the if you if you're on their website you can see the crystal profile from the side and it, it looks really nice against the bezel and everything it's let me see this here is it like a is it just like a flat crystal or is it got some damage it's got a little bit of a dome Ooh. oh whoa I, I i this is the first time i'm seeing a side profile this thing also seems to come on mesh or at least this model i'm looking at right now yeah Chronometer officium officialmente certify and oof, that's not English. Sorry, guys. Ha! <laughs> Bear, don't read the case back. Whatever you do, <laughs> don't try to read the case back. This is great. Yeah, thanks for sharing this with us, uh, Graham. Graham in Hong Kong. I think that's how we. Yeah, Graham in Hong Kong. So if your name is Graham and you're in Hong Kong and you support TBWS, we have just been talking about you. I don't know how many Grahams in Hong Kong there could be who support TBWS, but Michael and I were in Hong Kong back in 2018 for the Watching Clock Fair, and um, that was a good time. That was really, really cool. It was not what we expected, uh, but the watch culture in Hong Kong, Baird, it's crazy. Like I think you did. I think you do a. Uh, you guys did. I remember that. I th I think I started listening to you guys right before that happened. Yeah. And uh, I remember that, and I thought to myself, I was like, man. I would be scared shitless if I went to Hong Kong. Like, yeah, internet, yeah, we, I, like, I, I was. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always been weird to me, and it's. I know some people travel a lot, but I don't. In fact, I've never been out of the United States. Right. So it's always scary to me to be like, uh, the you know to be a foreigner in a country where I don't speak the language, and there's a lot. Uh, Hong Kong's a big city, and there's a lot going on, and there's a lot of people there. And I came from a town of, you know, nothing. And I would always feel like that uh, scene in uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade where Martin Brody is walking around and all those people like, ah, does anyone speak English here? Hello, where's the constable? <laughs> I, will, I will say, um, just in terms of if anyone ever wanted to travel to Hong Kong and they were worried about language, everyone speaks English. Like, well, funny everyone enough, actually that's... speaks English. That's what I was, you know, I told you before this uh, started that I took Japanese in high school. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is our Japanese teacher said most people speak English in Japan and they'll be more than happy to talk talk to you with it. Yeah. But I've never been there, so I don't know. Maybe I don't know day. if that's true or not. We, we should do a road, we should do, we should, we should do a TVWS Asia road tour where we go to Hong Kong again, where we go to Japan, we go to all like just cool places. How crazy would that be? I would fucking love to go to Japan. Right? I would shit my pants to go to Japan. Uh, I would do it in public on TikTok <laughs> to go to Japan and just go to these places where these watches have been made for hundreds of years. And I would have to absolutely climb the mountain so I could see the old man craft a samurai sword by hand. Right. I would the whole, cry the whole thing, man. fucking tears <laughs> if I could watch a man craft a samurai sword which i in my opinion is the greatest handheld weapon of all time yep. oh my god and my wife won't let me get one she's like what would you do with a samurai sword i was like i don't know hanging on the mantle i have one i bought <laughs> i bought one years ago and the thing is i bought it and just like don't have feelings towards it but now my wife keeps it in her office because she loves it <laughs> and i'm <laughs> telling you that's the thing about the Japanese, and, and we'll talk about this when we talk about Seiko. Yeah. But they have a kind of like the Germans, um, the attention to details and, uh, you know, the, the, the quality is something that they take very seriously. 
pride of craftsmanship is something that's just ingrained in most Japanese products with the additional caveat of pride of craftsmanship and affordability. That's why post-World War II, they were able to basically bounce back from a devastated economy to the third largest economy on Earth. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they put out incredibly designed products, um, really, really affordable, you know what I mean? And they just export all of this just incredible innovation, incredible design. And it's just, it, it, it's yeah, we could definitely talk about it more when we get to the Seiko part of the conversation. But but yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely hear you on that. We got super distracted from the Patreon audio restrict shout out. But that's fine. Ah! <laughs> now we're just now, now we're just two cool dudes casually sorry, talking. Sorry, Sasha and Graham in Hong Kong. It does not take anything away from your patronage. Yes, thank you so much, I've, Sasha. Rocking the Zen nine ten split uh, second chronograph. God, two watches I've never seen uh, in my life. So thank you, to Sasha, for rocking this Zen nine ten split chronograph. And Graham in Hong Kong, thank you so much for sharing this Breitling Trans Transocean Day Date. There's actually a Breitling uh, boutique in the mall near here. Me, I'm the next time I'm there, which has not been any time recently, obviously. But next time I'm there, I might actually walk in to see if they have one of these things, just to play with it, just to like, I don't know. It's just a Breitling I'm not familiar with, and it just seems kind of out of their typical sort of design. Yeah. It's, catalog and it's still it's still brightling in that it's a 43 millimeter you know uh so they you know they everything they do is a little bigger it's um, 43 millimeters yeah and the that's funny thing, interesting and uh funny thing about it i was going to point out not to not i'm not bashing brightling because a lot of a lot of luxury companies do this but i think it's funny that they put the weight of the watch on the website it's like 160 grams <laughs> It's not that seventy-eight gram piece of crap you're wearing. Like the weight is the weight is there. That's their. Uh, this is a real luxury. You know, it's quality because it weighs a lot. That's a really weird thing with like, especially within watches with with modern Western designs. We equate quality with weight with, with heft. Heft, heft. You know yeah. What if I mean? uh, if uh, if that Rolex isn't making you drag your wrist, boy, it's fake. <laughs> That's just so odd because if you contrast that, I'll contrast that with the first time I ever handled a Grand Seiko Snowflake, the original one, SBGA011. It's all titanium. So I only ever seen photos of this thing and photos. I'm like, wow, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. The first time I handled it, it was so uh, light. Exactly. I had like a meh, like, but I had to reassess. I'm like, wait, I'm doing a really dumb thing. Just because it's not heavy doesn't mean it's not an incredible just thing you know what i mean so that's one of those weird things you kind of have to unlearn as you start spreading your wings and interacting with more watch models so but yeah. yeah it's 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 almost like it's it's literally almost like the uh like you have to overcome the fact that the watch is powered by a battery to think that it's quality because well, obviously it, there are yeah. battery powered watches that are quality oh my god uh, yeah Absolutely. So, but when, but I think when people get into watches, they always start off with, and I'm guilty of this. I do okay. it too. I still, I still do it. Uh, I still have to really look at a quartz watch and go, Oh God, do I, do I really like this? It, it's got a battery, you know, <laughs> for me, I, I had that reaction for a long time and I still have it every now and then, but there are some quartz watches that have ascended 
in my mind to the point of just total lust. So Grand Seiko 9F quartz, those things are engineered to the point of just in, they grow their own quartz crystals. Okay. Everything is housed in the movement in such a way to where it's just engineered for excellence. There's like a dual motor mechanism. So the second hand, when it ticks, it doesn't bounce. One motor kicks the hand forward and another one counter ticks it the other way. So it just moves without that weird kinda, quartz second hand. glides, glides almost to its next location. It's insanity. That is insanity. That's pretty neat. You know what I mean? So crazy, crazy, crazy. But yeah, huge shout out, huge thank you to Graham in Hong Kong and Sasha for jumping in on the audio Patreon shout out. If you want to get on this too, head to patreon.com slash twobookwashingknobs. Go check out everything that's there. That's where you can also get access to the um, Slack channel that Baird and I have been talking about. Uh, every week, people are joining that thing. It's just super cool. It's just it's just nice to not work and talk with other people during the work week. That's that's I do a whole lot of not working on the Slack channel. And the sucky thing is, is I've I've been kind of busy lately at my job, and mm. I I don't get to get on it until. And we've got things after school that we're doing because school's back in and, and, oh, and things shit. are starting to kick into gear. So we've got things after school we do and, and this and that. So I only get to get on it nowadays in the afternoon. And by then it's like, you have missed 358 <laughs> posts. I'm not reading all this shit. <laughs> so I just scroll through it and just see all the watches. And then I try to pick up a conversation somewhere. That's funny. Yeah, Michael said the same thing. Michael's like, dude, when I log on to Slack and it's just 400 missed messages, I'm not reading a single one of them. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it doesn't have to. I, I'm usually on there. I have, it, I, have like, I have two monitors in my home office and one monitor. I usually always try and keep the Slack uh, Patreon. Patreon there, so, yeah. The cool thing about it is, is that the, that, that has grown <clears throat> to a point now that if you were to get on there and be like, hey, where can I get a strap that looks like this and costs this much and blah, blah, blah. Instead of you Googling it, I guarantee you somebody probably knows where it's at. Yeah. And having and to if, spend an hour looking for a strap. Somebody and if like, you're, if there's a watch you're curious about, you don't know how it wears, I'm going to go ahead and say aggressive timing habits. Yeah. I was going to say either aggressive it's, timing it's habits or skip. I've got it. One of the two. <laughs> one of the, one of those two motherfuckers has probably had the watch at one point. I put up a picture the other day, and I'm like, hey, check out this 1932 watch. And Bo's aggressive timing habits like, yeah, I got one. I I sold it. That guy's got everything, man. Too cool. So, yeah, go and check out the Patreon. It's a whole ton of fun. Thank you to everyone who has been also using our Amazon affiliate links and everything like that. We don't really do brand-sponsored stuff. We're crowdfunded by you guys, proudly crowdfunded by you guys. And that's just that that allows us to have podcasts where we can spend 15 minutes talking about fried chicken. I mean, realistically, you know what I mean? Um, right. It just allows us to just talk about whatever the fuck we want to talk about. So here, let's do this. Oh, in addition to that, go and check out the twobookwashknobs.com website. A lot of really fun stuff. Uh, let me pull it up here because I'm going to forget. A really, really cool thing. Someone on our Patreon Slack, a, a, a Patreon supporter, Chris, I'm going to fuck up your name, dude. Chris Beggio? Beggio? I was thinking too. Beggio? Yeah. That's what I was uh, did a fantastic review of this NTH Devil Ray which is a watch I think most of us saw and we're like, oh, that looks kind of hefty and everything like that. But he has a really, really cool perspective. He's got really, really good photos in here as well. In addition to that, huge shout out to Damon Bailey for putting out um, two really, really cool pieces. Damon uh, did uh, – D- Damon's a longtime TBS contributor. You know, love him. He's the, he's the best. He did a really cool, like, multi-tier review of the uh, of some Blue Shark NATOs, uh, on, like, different models they have in there. 
And he also has published his first installation in this kind of art, this fine art meets orology collaboration thing. Uh, the title, uh, this is this is one thing that Damon does really, really well. He has a super fucking long title. <clears throat> Artists and Watch Collaborations, Blurred Lines Between Fine Art, Fashion, and Consumerism, Part 1, Movado. Uh, go check that out. It's really, really cool. I would classify it, interestingly, as more of an art critique with some orological tidings than an orological critique with some art tidings. But um, it's a multi-part series. I think it's got two or three more parts, so... Go check it out. A lot of really fun stuff on the uh, on the site, and then a lot of really fun stuff is just coming up as well. So, uh, com here. Let's do this, Baird. You want to talk about some new releases? Sure, absolutely. Talking That's a million, why we're here. Talking a million miles a minute. I'm sorry. Here. Um, okay, there's two big ones, obviously, that we were talking about first. There's 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 there's, there's the recent uh, Rolex, or as I've learned recently, it's pronounced Rolex, which people <laughs> they get bothered by saying that. Sure. Just so you guys know, every time I say Rolay and you send me angry emails, I'm just gonna keep saying Rolay. That's just that's just how I operate. There was the there was the like I get it. Like I I you know, I'm not a Rolex hater. I like Rolex, but like I I just don't understand the like. God damn it! He said it wrong again. <laughs> he is he is mocking me personally. He's he's breaking into my home and pissing on my Cheerios. It's not a, it's not a personal attack. <laughs> not a personal attack. Okay. Not personal. It's just business. I have, that's not business. It's personal. But um, and this is what it is. But yeah. So there's Ro- <laughs> there's Rolex and there's Grand Seiko. Which brand release would you like to talk about first? Because on on the spectrum of just these are just very different fucking releases that we're dealing with. Well, uh, <laughs> I wrote down. Uh, I did. I, I don't know as much about Grand Seiko. And okay. so I kind of crammed for it. The only Grand Seiko I know anything about, and I fucking forgot to write down the reference number, is the uh, is the one that they. Oh, I'm gonna pull it up. The only Grand Seiko I know anything about is uh, the Godzilla. Oh, here it is. The SBGA 405 Godzilla Grand Seiko that came out a few years ago to celebrate the anniversary of Godzilla and the Spring Drive. That's the only one I'd ever knew anything about. This thing That's is red. It. Cool. Yeah, it's 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 got the it's the the strap is supposed to look like the skin on the on Shin Godzilla that came out in 2016. Um, but I, I huge Godzilla fan. Don't know as much about Grand Seiko. Uh, but that that's the only watch I know anything about. So I had to really dive into the uh, what Grand Seiko released, which is a, a prototype. prototype. It is a yep. it is a it is a concept, but it is the T zero constant force <laughs> tourbillon caliber. Tourbillon. Oh, <laughs> no. So obviously, people have heard about this release all the other like blogs and stuff like that covered it um and everything everyone's seen the photos most likely but yeah so let's 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 start with grand seiko they released this prototype which everyone has been like really fawning over uh i'm not going to sit here and say it's not an incredible feat of like orological engineering or whatever it took five years to develop this prototype um, just some high-level breakdown about the watch. It is a constant force tourbillon. 
The constant force part is what I had to look up. Turbion, I know what that is. Turbion is basically supposed to be some kind of mechanism which is, is supposed to... Yeah, I, 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 you probably know more about it than I do. It is to negate... The turbion is to negate the force of gravity on the watch in different positions. Uh, so you're, you're, instead of your balance wheel being constantly mounted to a single place, it is in, it is in motion. Uh, the, the, the actual it's like that spinning thing to put astronauts in. Right. It is a, it is the, uh, it is rotated in the watch in a cage, which negates the force of gravity on the balance itself. Yeah. Now, this is not Seiko's first tourbillon. The that was the Creedor or something of Bugaku. Creedor. That's with right. the with the, the tsunami on it. Yeah. Uh, but this is a constant force, and I had to look that up too. Uh, I not wealthy enough to know what that means. Um, <laughs> they don't send me those emails. But uh, apparently what that is, is that there is a device, I might screw up the pronunciation of this, but it's remontoir. Remontoir, yeah. Yeah, which is, uh, so you've got two main spring barrels in this T0, but instead of powering the going train or the gear train, they are sent. They are constantly like winding that that remontoir, yeah. and that remontoir applies a constant torque to the escapement, so that the watch is accurate. It's got a seventy-two hour power reserve, and the watch is accurate at least fifty hours of that. Yeah. To and Seiko says this is just in a lab, but accurate to plus minus 0.5 seconds a day. A day. That's wild. The basic idea with this constant force, it's something we actually talked about. I, I might have done this in one of the solo episodes. Um, when With a traditional like mainspring barrel watch, when the spring is wound, as it releases energy through the gear train, it's not constant. As energy releases from the mainspring, it does start to wane a bit, which is where you get some of the variance in terms of time loss or gained uh, per day. The idea with the constant force mechanism is that, like you said, it keeps that mainspring appropriately charged so you don't get that variance of uh, energy usage while the mainspring, quote-unquote, unwinds. You know what right. I mean? It, it, it applies a constant torque yeah. so that the torque isn't waning uh, as, the, as the watch winds down. The pressure put on the escapement is not lessened by the by the mainspring winding down because you see that a lot in vintage watches you know yeah. uh mainspring will get old over time especially and you'll notice if that sucker you know it's got a 30 hour power reserve and 10 hours after it's been sitting on the desk that sucker's running wild you know it's because the mainspring just doesn't have it have it yeah anymore. so that's it's... supposed to keep a constant force on that escapement to keep that accuracy for a at least 50 hours of sitting it's... on the table it's super interesting. There's actually a third thing that I so so just keeping. Let's just I want to keep tally of what's in this watch, and I'm, I'm just I'm going to keep prefacing this. I acknowledge these are incredible feats of engineering. It's a tourbillon. It's got this constant force mechanism. Did you see this thing is also a deadbeat mechanism? It, it does have a yeah. I saw that the uh, the the tourbillon itself is is right. It only it like rotates a second at a time. It's it's actually got two rotating pieces in it. One is part of the remontoir, and I yeah. 
like again, I I, I hate that uh, I can't tell you more about it because I don't have one in front of me and I didn't have the Seiko guidebook. But uh, but yes, the the one of the cages of the tourbillon is is a deadbeat. It hits every second. Yeah. So if you're not familiar, the deadbeat complication is essentially a mechanical watch engineered to tick like a quartz watch. So that revulsion that most people on unfairly feel when they pick up like a weekender and they see the tick mechanical watches are engineered with deadbeat complications to have that tick it's not like a smooth sweep so it's tourbillon it's a constant force mechanism and it's a deadbeat seconds in one watch and and lo- it's hmm? a high beat it's twenty eight thousand eight hundred beats per hour which is high for a tourbillon high beat all four of those things can we just i just want to put this on the table are fucking useless it's going to be eighty-five grand. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's going to cost you like a, you know, what a new, you know, Jeep does or something. You know, it's just you could buy a is, Tesla. You could buy well, a Tesla. I wonder. God, have you seen Tesla stock lately? Anyway, <laughs> not getting that. But the uh, the thing is, is I, I, I wonder, and it's kind of like I come from a car background. Yeah. But will this go into production? I would hope they wouldn't. See, I think I think Grand Seiko's out there to show what they can do. Exactly. And say, hey, we can. I For some reason, I think people see Seiko and they're like, oh, it's cheap. Mm-hmm. But I think Grand Seiko is really trying to step out and say, we are just as good as the other luxury brands. Yes. I think and that's, I, yeah, that's totally will, the intention. Yeah. And we'll reference that when we talk about Rolex here in a minute. But uh, I think they are legitimately trying to say, you know, don't count us out. That yeah. we can we can do just as good as they can, and I think they really want to step this Grand Seiko brand up, and uh, that I, I wonder if this will go into production. I would guess that you would see an eighty five thousand dollar Grand Seiko if you haven't already. Hmm. I just think it's funny. So this is so we, let's de- definitely establish this is a prototype movement that Grand Seiko has made to say, hey, anything you guys can do, we can do better. In one watch, you know I what I mean. I can't imagine. It, it, there's nothing in me that thinks that that's going to be cheap. No fucking there's way. No way. This is cheap. But I just can't get over the fact that they chose the most useless complications. All of these complications we just talked about. And the thing is, is you useless. never know. They may, they may not. Right. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. But <laughs> it may not make it to production. You know, some of those things may not transfer to the uh, to the other side, I guess they'll do market research and figure out if that's what they want to do. But, yeah. um, but I like a concept car. I think they're putting this out there to say, look what we can do. Yeah. Um, like what's on the back of the watch here. Do you see that 16th note feel? Did you see that? What is that? I did not see that. I'm on a blog to watch, uh, your blog to watch dudes got, Depressor on here as well. There's an image at the back of the watch, and it says that it says 16th note feel. What's that? Oh, they don't say it. Let me check the fucking Hodinky dudes. Don't tell anybody on Slack. That's where I went was Hodinky. That's fine. I won't tell anyone. This is just between you and me. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Hodinky. Oh my god. But, Kaz uh, on Hodinky. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Right. Let me see if they say. Uh, 16th note feel. I didn't see that. Yeah, I see it now. What the fuck does that mean? 
I know that the balance wheel is made like a, uh, what was that thing called? A Tomoa? Uh, oh, the symbol resembles the Chinese Taiji symbol, informally known as the yin-yang symbol, often found in family crests, symbolic iconography at Shinto shrines. Uh, just a reference, I'm reading those words verbatim. This is Jack Forrester's write-up from Hodinki. Yeah, 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 I saw that too. Pretty interesting. I mean, there's no Again, denying... It's, it's, it's yeah. kind of a showpiece right now, but... You know. The big question is, like, I guess, is it ever going to go into production? I don't so think it matters if it does or doesn't because we're never going to afford it. Yeah, and, and I guess I guess the thing I wanted to say is, you know, if we transition over to what Rolex released, which has been extremely controversial uh, uh, to some people, you know, like I told you before, we did the show. I mean, some people, it doesn't matter. They could, you could release a 50 millimeter Submariner that's rainbow colored. And they're like, <laughs> you did it guys. You did it. Congratulations. Did it, <laughs> so, but then I think looking at the real world, you know, in comparison to Rolex releases, you know, Rolex did something safer uh, because they don't have to prove what they can do anymore. Yeah, it's Rolex. Yeah, it's like, you know, Toyota Camrys are all pretty much, you know, they don't have to put out the fastest car or the, you know, they, people know what a Toyota Camry does. It safely yeah. gets me from A to B. It has lots of buttons, and it I know it gets good gas mileage, and it's pretty dependable. So Toyota doesn't have to do anything special with that car. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Rolex doesn't have to do anything anything if it doesn't want to people are going to buy that watch anyway exactly so yeah let's let's transition to rolex i think well because the reality is you never have to you i don't care if you're talking to a watch person or non-watch person if you say i'm going to buy a rolex you don't have to justify that right if it, you say it, i'm going to buy a seiko i'm going to spend five or ten thousand dollars on a seiko you usually have to just like people will be like, oh, really? Aren't those like the watches you can get at Macy's for three hundred dollars? So you know what I mean? So the Godzilla would say the Godzilla Grand Seiko is twelve thousand six hundred dollars, or it was. It's twelve thousand six hundred dollars. And my justification would be like, Do you not see Godzilla skin on the strap? <laughs> do, do you not see? <laughs> like, bro, what do you want? You know? Oh my god, that's like, crazy. Godzilla, you know. But uh, you know, I, well, let's just get the uh, elephant in the room. You know, the Submariner is now 41 millimeters. 41 millimeter Submariner. There's also some new Sky Dwellers. Uh, there's some 36 millimeter. I'm just going high level and then we can dig into it. 36 millimeter Oyster Perpetuals and like colorful dials. Uh, there's a 41 millimeter Oyster Perpetual, it looks like. But the big thing everyone's focusing on is the. Um, is the new sub, you know, Submariner, uh, obviously. And so it's new case style, some new colors, and a new movement. Um, and if we're comparing Apple to Apple's, which we're really not doing, what Seiko released, I mean, obviously, it's kind of, I don't know if it's intentional, but the optics of it are, oh, that's cute, you guys released new colors? We just innovated the craziest fucking tourbillon, deadbeat, Remontoir, high beat movement concept, like with an accuracy that's one and a half seconds better. Yeah, you know what I mean. You guys got new dial colors. That's cute. No one can even 
buy you guys. You, I can't. I still can't walk into a Rolex AD or boutique and just buy a watch in a case unless it's like a Yachtmaster two that no one wanted. You know I what I mean? Rodinky put the funniest meme up the other day. What did he do? That guy's great. God Almighty, I laughed so hard. It said that you know, of course, the new Submariner, the new uh, uh, what is it, one twenty six six ten, comes with a green bezel but a black dial. So the Hulk is ultimately discontinued. It will be the only Submariner to ever have a green dial. Yep. And he put up a meme that said. Uh, when your AD call, when you see your AD come up across the uh, caller ID, and it shows a guy like wheezing on a breathalyzer, and it says, <laughs> it says "Sorry, uh, your Hulk." His caption is "Sorry, your Hulk has been discontinued." And then somebody oh, posted right below it, "But we have a lady date just you might would be for your consideration, <laughs> sir." <laughs> oh my god, Bro Dinky is great, and, and oh, also man. just to continually dispel the rumors, I am not Bro Dinky. I am not that cool. All right. People <laughs> but, think he uh, and I are the same person for some reason. But yeah, that's great. Rolex has been mum on why they uh, made that case bigger. But I read something the other night uh, in the bathroom. Okay. Um, we all do our reading. Yes, right. It's interesting. And they said they, they have no <laughs> proof of this. But now you have in their lineup the 40 millimeter Yachtmaster, yeah. the 41 millimeter sub. The 42 millimeter yacht master, the 43 millimeter sea dweller, and the 44 millimeter deep sea. Wow. So maybe they're just putting it in a line. Who knows? Maybe. But uh, it does, the case is a little bit bigger, but to me, the lugs look a little thinner, kind of like an older one. They're not quite as chunky as they were on the 116, 16. That's the one thing I like. I don't like, and I'm not a giant Rolex person, so I'm sorry if I'm saying this wrong. I don't like how wide the lugs were on like the five digits. Yeah. I loved the models before, which had the the lugs kind of taper in. Yeah, so right. Made, and this this yeah. one looks like it tapers a little bit more. Oh man, yeah. Um, so that's which cool. It, which it does come with the new uh, thirty two thirty movement with the Cron Energy uh, escapement system, which is a super lightweight, uh, super lightweight escapement, and it apparently. Negates having to service it as often. Chrono, uh, but Chronergy escapement paramagnetic yeah. pallet fork. Yep. And now, now we're stepping up into big money here. Seventy hour power reserve. I saw that. That's actually pretty cool. So they have finally, I guess, decided that you know, I mean, you could buy a thousand dollar watch with an eighty hour power reserve. I guess you know if that if that's what. We're looking you know, at you, Tiso and yeah, Rado, or and, anybody uh, in Swatch. Yeah, Mito. Uh, yeah, but it, to normal people, that matters. Yeah, to people like me, where you just have switch watches every day, the power reserve is null. You know, it's it's really interesting. The power reserve used to be a really big like value prop for me when I first started watch collecting. I'm like, oh man, anything under forty hours, that's just not worth having. No, I yeah. don't give a piss. Like, I don't give right. a shit what the power reserve is. And see, I've got a buddy. Uh, actually, it's my boss. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, he had a, uh, I think it was an old Tudor Prince. Uh, wow. Very cool. It's a nice watch. Uh, uh, and it just had a standard at a 2824 in it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he would put it down, like, on Friday. And then on Monday, he would have to fire it back up. Yep. So that power reserve to him was important. 
you know, he didn't like the fact that he'd have to fire it back up on Monday and set it. Right. You know, he, 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 so that, that is somebody that power reserve would be more important for the person who's wearing a single nice watch every day of the week and then putting it down in the weekend. But is that person about to spend $10,000 minimum on one of these new Rolex subs? Well, that's a whole nother point of contention. <laughs> it makes me, it makes me sad because I, I, Rolex, what got me into this, I don't have one, but yeah, that's that the Submariner is, that's what I've wanted so bad. And it continues to get further and further and further out of reach. Yeah. I mean, it's, they're moving up market, whether anybody likes it or not. And I think, uh, you know, some people feel like that is a slight towards enthusiasts. Rolex doesn't want to sell to enthusiasts. Right. I mean, they, 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 they don't. Yeah. And, and the thing about it is, in my opinion, you know, as long as their quality is still there, as long as you're still getting that Rolex quality, that's fine. But if they start yeah. turning into like 1990s GM, where they say, <laughs> man, they'll buy whatever we put on there as long as it says GM on the front, then that's where it becomes a problem. Yeah. <clears throat> I think quality-wise, Michael and I talked about this in a previous episode. Quality-wise, like Rolex, that's always one of the big justifications. Like, oh, dude, no one makes anything quality-wise as great as Rolex. But people are becoming a bit more. <clears throat> Hold on, I'm choking. One second here. <clears throat> there we go. That's the ribeye from last night, which turned out great. Oh, awesome! It was incredible. This is steak night. Steak night is awesome. The uh, the cow's revenge. The some folks are becoming savvy enough to where they're really starting to notice quality-wise Omega is doing basically on par with what Rolex is doing. But obviously for less money. For less money. And I can walk into the Omega boutique right fucking now and get a CM Seamaster Professional 300 Coax Master Chronometer for four see, or five thousand uh, bucks. Yeah, and every time every time I ever bring up Rolex on the Slack. Uh, you know, somebody is quick to uh, answer like, why do you want one of those when you can get an Omega? Well, I don't super, I like some Omegas, but that design is not what's, you know, like, you know. Rolex I, I, you know, got you into watches, you know what I mean? Yeah, so and it's like, it's like I, you know, like somebody's like, well, why don't you buy this car when you can buy that car? And I'm like, because I don't like how that one looks. Yeah. I know that's stupid. It's a great, it's a great piece for a great price. But at the end of the day, like if I bought a Porsche Cayman because I can afford it and couldn't afford a 911 and a 911 is what I wanted, right. I'm just going to constantly be driving around in the Cayman going, uh, I really wanted the 911. <laughs> I should have just saved for the 911. And then when if I, I get was, it uh, and hate it, yeah. then I'll change my opinion. When I was but, younger, it was the Porsche Boxster. Yeah, I got a Porsche Boxster, but it's not a 911. Growing up, my dad was a, a big Porsche guy. Um, his dude, the car he had forever was that Carrera 4S. He had that oh. thing for so long. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, you know, Boxster, not to get into car talk, but a Boxster's come a long way. I remember when they came out, I was like, Ugh, I'd rather have a Honda S2000. But, uh, <laughs> they come a but, long uh, way. They've come, the Boxster's come a long way. It's basically a Cayman without a top. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's a nice car. So cool. But yeah, I, 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 so yeah, the quality argument between Rolex and Omega, it's trumped if you just don't like the way Omega looks. But Rolex is making it super hard because just liking a Rolex 
and wanting design is no longer enough. You and can't the, just yeah, go and get it. I know, and that's the thing. It seems like a lot of their new releases are going vastly upscale. The, you know, precious metals. Oh, yeah. They, that, that's where they want to go. They don't want to go back to being like, you know, I'm so-and-so oceanographer diver, and I need a good quality watch to take to the bottom of the ocean. They're yeah. done with those people because those people don't make any money anymore. Yeah, those people are making checks. So, so they want they want the guys that are like, you know, I'm so and so businessman that wants to show off how much money I make. How many of these new subs? Do. How many of these new subs are steel? There's a gold one. There's two tone. Probably, probably in my opinion, just the black one. Just the black one. And the green bezel one, because I think the blue bezel one, and this is what everybody should have break about, is the fact that it is white gold. Jesus. Let me find so you can get a, So your cheap ass can get a tutor in blue. <laughs> but if you want to step your game up and you want a blue Rolex, that fucker's white gold. It's $40,000. Oh, my God. That's so cute. A blog to watch. Love you guys. Hey, Love you blog you could buy property around here for that kind of money. Well, I just love it. Blockchain Watch wrote, available now through uh, through authorized dealers at 40000 yeah. Is it really available now? Can I walk into an AD? Somebody on Slack said the other day that mm. his brother, who never bought wanted a Rolex or whatever, couldn't buy one, like walked into an AD and they were like, we've got a 41 millimeter steel right here. It's yours. What? Wow. Yeah. All right, take that back. Correct me if I'm wrong. But somebody, once they listen to this episode, I'm sure they're going to know they said that. But, uh, yeah, they walked into a – they said he said they walked into an 80 and bought a 41. So Shit. All right. Maybe these are – so if you have $40,000 burning a hole in your fucking pocket, this is the time to use it. Because they've, before... they've hit – yeah, before they're all gone. And then, you know, all you'll have left is, you know, Moonstone or whatever, you know, from <laughs> – we went to the moon and chiseled off a mountain and created this watch. It's $400,000. We lost 12 good men getting this moonstone. <laughs> Many boffins died getting this rock. <laughs> Did you see? I don't know if you can see it. Um, does, so I'm not a Rolex person, so just guys let me know if this is new or old. Have the inside chapter rings always had the word Rolex just blasted on the inside of them? Did they, you see they, that? Yeah, they the the what they call I, I don't know how to pronounce it but it's called the rahat or something r r a or r e h a u t but anyway uh, I don't like that that has been there a long time and it is a way that you can tell a fake one from a real one even though fakes are have gotten really good originally you could look at a fake and see that that wasn't quite aligned or the quality of the engraving I wasn't very see. good see Rolex unfortunately in my opinion, has a lot of things on it that we think are really stupid to try to keep people from being able to make so many fakes. Yeah, that makes sense. I, aesthetically, I just don't like it. It's weird. Right. I know uh, I'm wearing a Rolex. You don't have to remind me. You could have put anything else there. You know, like there is a teeny tiny at the bottom of the crystal, a little baby crown engraved in that thing. Oh, yeah. Tiny one. It's little. And the new ones, I think on the Oyster Perpetuals, if it has, if it's one of the newer ones with the 3230, uh, it'll have a little crown between Swiss and made. So there's all kinds of stuff they do like that to try to thwart fraudsters. But I agree. I don't think the words are quite as pretty as the old ones. Uh, but again, it's 
again, Rolex is not your tool watch anymore. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, it's not. It's it. This is a I make a lot of money watch. It's it's Slackbot's revenge. Rolex is a fashion brand. Right. It's look look what I've done. It's a, a piece of success. It's to show off, you know, what you have or what you did. Uh, but it's not. Uh, you know, I think even the Oyster Perpetuals have moved up into the five thousand dollar range. Yeah. You know, it used to be those things were like three grand. You know, they were well, Tudor money. What about these thirty-six millimeter Oyster Perpetual? Uh, so basically, there's these Oyster Perpetuals, um, thirty-six millimeters. The big main draw, I guess, is the colors. There's like five different colors they have here. Two reasons, in my opinion, that this that this is kind of a neater release. Mm-hmm. One, one is the colors. Yeah. And it harkens back to, I think Damon was saying it on Slack, the Stella dolls of the 70s. Um, uh, that, that, that 36 one is a good size, in my opinion, for an Oyster <clears throat> Perpetual. Yeah. The 36, that 36 and teal is gold. Like that thing is beautiful. This is, the, is, this uh, is quite gorgeous. Yeah. But the cool thing about that release is that the Oyster Perpetual now has the modern movement. It has the 70 hour 3230. It always used to be that the Oyster Perpetuals uh, were like a generation behind. So, so that's uh, kind of cool. I guess so in they, like the timeline of Rolex, that nuance is pretty cool. Yeah. So if you like an Oyster Perpetual, and I think it's a good looking wall watch myself it's like a dateless day day i mean it's like a dateless date just yeah without the fluted bezel and everything um i i think that's kind of neat that you're you're not getting a lesser or you know uh generation back piece anymore you know it's it's on par with what everybody else has got in the lineup msrp fifty six hundred dollars there you go <sighs> that's a lot and of course they released the 41 millimeter which is, in my opinion, a little too big. But I'm sure Aggressive Timing yeah. Habits is very excited because his 39 has been discontinued. And now he can just <laughs> march right on down to the watch store and be like, here, I want 60 grand for this, not that a penny be- less. That just became an investment. Congrats. <laughs> the basics. It has like the shit. So the 41 Perpetual has this champagne dial and like a black one, black dial. Yeah, and it's pretty. In my opinion, 41s might be a little too big for that. Because to me, the Oyster Perpetuals and the Samaritan, one thing Rolex does is their watches still look like they did pretty much 50 years ago with the difference of size. And it's, you know, they know who their customers are now. Because it was like I was telling somebody on Slack, I don't know if you remember this, but Crown Victorias that they sold, that Ford sold to old people. Mm-hmm. Crown Vic was pretty much the same car for 25 years wow. because they knew who was going to buy it. Police right. and old people, you know, <laughs> they didn't change it. Yeah. I mean, uh, you can't, you know, as Rolex, you can't do anything, I guess, super crazy design wise. And the thing is, is that Corvette was the same way for a long time. Mm-hmm. They catered to these this certain audience they knew that these guys were going to come out of their woodwork with their high socks and their sandals and pay all the money for it in the world and when they started to step away and do something different of course all those old people were like nah, 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 nah. but you they, i don't think rolex wants to make a new audience i just don't they don't I need mean, to like, like you said I, like you know it's rolex if you want to commemorate yeah. the birth of your child you want to get a watch. Most people are going to default to say, like, non-watch. I'm not talking about watch folks. Non-watch folks, they'll 
associate Rolex with some kind of milestone luxury piece. Like, oh, I just got – that's literally what my dad did. Well, my dad finished medical school and became a doctor and was doing all that stuff. He got himself a two-tone date just from a, from a mayor's local uh, uh, to me in Fort Lauderdale. And that's his watch. That that's his Rolex. That's his mile. He's not he's not a watch guy, but he's a one. That's his only watch. You know what because I mean? Because that's because they've done so well at, you know, they once upon a time they did so well at saying you know marketing. That yeah. People who are not watch people, they still know what a Rolex is. Oh yeah. They still know what it is. Rolex could put a their name on a bag of dog shit. And <laughs> I'm telling you that somebody will walk out there and be like. I'll do anything for this. I have someone to have will, this. Someone will buy it. Can yeah. I just say, if we have these 36 millimeter Oyster Perpetuals, can we please get another Explorer one at 36 millimeter again? Dude, I don't. I, I don't like the larger ones. I love an Explorer one. Right. It's, it's so good looking. I was watching a. I think it was. Uh, I was watching a video of R. W. Smith doing in mm-hmm. his workshop, and he's wearing one. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was either I think it was I'm pretty sure it was an Explorer One, and I was like, "What the fuck? He's not even wearing his own watch." Nope. <laughs> I hate to do the neckbeard thing and be like, "Oh, I wish they did this," but I really, if we can do 36 Oyster Perpetuals, we can do 36 Explorer One. I think that would be really cool, but I guess that might not be what I mean to the point that we were making before. That's probably more of like a function-driven legacy thing. You yeah. can't really bling out. I mean, you could bling out the Explorer. Yeah, it's making white gold. Making it white gold. <laughs> the Explorer in white gold would be so weird. <laughs> I mean, fuck, hell, put it in platinum. Screw it. Screw it. Fucking someone do it like it. a yeah. Do it like a Nautilus. Just make a thirty-six <laughs> millimeter platinum. Ask thirty grand for it. God, that's like that's like it's the old. cursed that's like the cursed monkey paw thing. Can you make a Rolex Explorer one in, in thirty six? Yeah, sure. It's gonna be platinum with jewels. And like, oh, cursed monkey paw. You know what I mean? And the rest, and that's the thing. The rest of their the stuff they released, like the Sky Dwellers, I have literally no interest in. I don't think anyone does. Ever, I don't know why they I've made. I've never this. liked a Sky Dweller. I don't know who walks in. Who legitimately. Other than somebody who sits their ass on a plane, I can't imagine anybody who actually is on a plane, and I'm sure there's one guy up there right now slamming his computer shut, <laughs> but I can't imagine anybody that flies goes, you know what, I'm going to get a sky dweller. I've never because heard. Because I'm 65 yeah. years old and impotent, and I need to get that young lady. I don't want to buy the Belova, the new Belova yeah. Space Dream 2. I want to get this quiet. I've never heard fervent fan gushing over a sky dwell. I it's always been like a joke Rolex to me. And it's kind of like a it's yeah, it's it's kind of like a, you know, I think again, you know, once you get out of the watch community and go to the normal people who buy watches, I, you know, it's like a Daytona. People yeah. buy Daytonas, I guess. I I know they give them out a lot of races, they do a lot of stuff with racing, so I'm familiar with the Daytona. I wouldn't throw it out if you gave me one by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> but you know i'm probably going to go with a speedmaster right sorry Rolex. that's the thing that's that speedmasters i don't know it's just it's just a in my opinion a better design for that or you know something 
older, but that day there's no reason a a chronograph with racing heritage needs to be twenty five grand. The thing is, also every iteration of the Speedmaster I've seen still feels chronograph functional. The Daytonas just start feeling like dress pieces at a yeah, certain point. Yeah, it's jewelry. Yeah, you know, it's jewelry. So it really depends on what you want, like a quote unquote nice chronograph for. So. You know what's funny about these sky dwellers? It looks like Rolex, like faked their, like like made a fake Rolex. I don't know why. I think that's why I don't like the sky. It dwellers. does kind of now that you say that because <laughs> it looks like they faked their own watch. I saw I jackass know. on. I saw jackass on, like a Facebook marketplace or offer up trying to sell a Breitling quote unquote for twelve thousand twelve hundred dollars, and I was like, that is that is fake, bro. One hundred percent, it's garbage. And it, you're right. It's it's big. It's got a you know. It just looks like something that some Dingleberry who knows nothing about watches. Oh man, fifty millimeters. Ah, oh, that looks expensive. <laughs> I'll be pulling mad wop with that. Too funny, man. But yeah, I think overall there's some stuff that's cool with the Rolex releases. Some stuff I'm questioning. But in the space of watch releases. It's really hard to, I guess, as a, as I mean, me, just not be like, I'm not super wowed. I will say this, though. They did do another iteration of my two-tone blue dial uh, uh, sub, uh, the 41 millimeter. The oh, 41 yeah. millimeter two-tone. I've, 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 my, one of my guilty watch pleasures, because it's not in, part of my normal aesthetic repertoire at all, but I, for some reason, am in love with the older generation of Rolex two-tone blue dial sub, the bluesy, I guess it's called. I don't know shit about Rolex, but for some reason, I, I love that, that watch. Name, I don't bluesy. like it. It sounds so stupid. But, yeah. dude, that's the one that I love that watch, that that blue two-tone. Yeah. And I love the vintage ones. I, I don't think that model came around until the 80s. I might be wrong on that. But I love the original ones because they had like a champagne or kind of gold-colored date wheel. Yeah. Oh. So cool. It was cold. I'm sure it was gold to match the, to, to tried to make a gold color date wheel to match the fact that it was two tone gold. But if you look up the old ones, they had like a gold color date wheel. And I love that one. Yeah. Love it. And then they just started putting white. Dude, the two tones, these new two tones, 41s, are $36,000. What? Shit, buy, buy two of them. Hell, in case you get a scratch <laughs> on a bracelet. <laughs> what? That is crazy town. The black bezel is ninety five hundred. Uh, the steel with green bezel is fourteen thousand. Steel and yellow gold thirty six thousand dollars. And just to let you know, I am pretty sure fifteen years ago, maybe a little bit more, when I actually started looking at those, I'm pretty sure they were twenty. Yeah. Oh no, wait. I fucked up. This this uh, uh, Hodinky dot com. You need to do a better job of arranging your shit. This is the two tones are fourteen thousand. That's okay. more. Stop like the it. presses. That's, Stop. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That that sounds better. Thirty-six thousand. Oh, damn dollars. Thirty-six thousand is the yellow gold. Thirty-nine thousand is the white gold. Man, that yellow gold, that yellow gold sub, that full yellow gold sub. Man, if somebody handed me that thing, I'd wear it every day. I would wear. It. <laughs> but that's the really funny thing. I think that's the part of watch collecting, especially with Rolex, that we can't ever escape. Like, yeah, we can rag on them, but at the same time, it's really hard to deny that a oh, full gold sub is very wearable. I could, I, I could <laughs> sell, I could sell that thing and make my yearly, yearly salary, just live <laughs> off of it for a year. 
But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't turn that down at all. I'd break out all my flowery t-shirts and white sports coats. Yeah, dude, I would go full Tommy Bahama lifestyle <laughs> and rock. I would do that. I don't give a shit, man. We have a Tommy Bahama fucking outlet right here near me in Disney. I'll go there. I'll buy them out, and I'll get my yellow gold sub, and I'll just hang out. And that's who buy the. That's who buys those. Those people that can do that. I guess so. That's it's crazy. It's not the guy that's out fishing every day for a living. Right. It's not for a living. Goes, not for right, a living. It's the guy that goes <laughs> fishing once a year for that game fish. He comes down south here, goes for big game marlin, puts it up in the wall of his uh, of his rumpus room, and he does the same thing again the next year. I'm telling you, man. Do you here? Let's do this. There's a few other brands that release stuff. Do you still have time to go through some releases? Oh yeah, I've got I've got one more I want to talk about, and then I think there were a couple you wanted to. Oh shit, that's right. We have to do the 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 the, the, the Christopher Ward, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, here the... uh, we were supposed to start with that, but here you. Take it away. Talk, talk to me. Talk to me about this Christopher Ward. All right. So, uh, welcome to Micro Brand News with Ted Koppel. <laughs> uh, so, I wanted to bring this up because it's kind of interesting. From a uh, let me bring it. Let me find my notes here on that one. Um, Christopher Ward has released a C sixty five super compressor so it's the c65 style case that i think aggressive timing habits has a c65 case watch and he thinks it's great um but this one is a super compressor and what is actually neat and maybe silly is that it is a real super compressor the first one according to them since the 70s what does that mean, like super compressor? So what a super compressor is, is, you know, technology has surpassed the super compressor. Right. But once upon a time, there is a spring system in that watch that as you go deeper, the pressure, the water pressure actually presses that watch, seals that watch more mm. because of that spring. That's how they made it water resistant. Of course, things like that were negated as time went on by better case design, better gasket technology, um, and what have you. So when people make a super compressor, quote unquote, now, like Dan Henry, uh, like uh, some of the other ones with the dual crown, like the Notice. uh, Notice Notice dude's made one. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a super compressor. It is a super compressor looks, but those watches have modern technology in them. Uh, so this is actually a real super compressor, which is kind of neat, but also worthless. Um, you know, it's it's really cool, but you know, you know, I, I actually wrote this down because I didn't. I, I wrote down all this stuff about the Christopher Ward. Uh, it's water resistance, and this is where we talk about how you just want it, even though you're never going to use it. Right. Water resistance, the super compressor with all this. <laughs> Oh, we did it. We made this labor of love. The water resistance is 150. There you go. 150. Your Seiko with a non-screw down crown can do that nowadays. But but there it is. That's exactly the reaction I'm talking about. Like 150, you make it sound like it should be a thousand, you know. But that's it is a real super compressor, and they they show it off on the with the sapphire crystal on the back, 
you can see the spring and it's actually a really good looking watch. They do make one in a teal, like with an ocean blue dial and a yeah, teal leather strap. I'm looking at it right now. If uh, anybody like gets one of these and wants to send it to me for a week, I would be more than happy. He won't say no. Baird won't say no. I would be more than happy to take a look at it, and maybe I'll send you a coupon to Popeyes when I send you one. Stamp of approval. Slim down style. I'm just looking at the – I'm on the actual Christopher Ward page for this thing. It's, Aesthetically, it's, I like it. Oh, it's pretty. It's a good-looking watch. Yes. God, it's, it's everything that I personally look for because I like watches from that era. Yeah. Like the, it's got the colors, it's got the, uh, you know, the white and black contrast between the, uh, the diver's bezel, uh, you know, the knurling on the, on the second crown. Um, I, I, I don't care for the see-through case back, but that's solid case back with a little diver on it. That'd be kind of cool. But you know, it's funny. I've always thought see-through case backs inhibit water resistance. If this thing was a solid case back, maybe they could have gotten some more water resistance out of it. Like I have a C60 Trident Pro with the ceramic, the 600 meter. Yeah, that's the one I have, and I'm telling you, I don't know what they used to wrench that case back down on, but man, it is on there. It's never really? gone off. <laughs> oh man! But uh, you know, I I think it's a good looking watch. Now it is. It does not use their uh, their in house movement. It is that's just Salita. still pretty much your standard Salita SW200. Mm. Uh, and prices look like they're going to be between about a thousand and eleven hundred, which I is think... about par for the course for Christopher Ward divers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think endeavoring to make a proper, first of all, to a differentiate other super compressor styles in contrast to their actual super compressor function. That part is really, really cool, but I'm just kind of wondering if the endeavor to actually make a true super compressor, is it worth as a consumer paying a thousand bucks for? I guess, here's the deal, I thought about that, and I guess like, uh, I guess a, you know, the super compressor looks hot right now. Yeah. Everybody's doing it. Everyone's doing dual crown super compressor it, style. Yeah, yeah, it's hot. You know, Dan Henry did, I think he did one of the first micro brands, super compressor styles and it's, it's caught on. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're making them. I think Laurier, the, there's getting ready to release the Hydra two, uh, which will differentiate the Hydra finally from the Neptune mm. by being a more super compressor look. Um, so this look is hot right now. And I think maybe that was just how they differentiated theirs from everybody else's. Like you don't just get the look, you also get the function. Yeah. Maybe but the function's terrible. worthless. Yeah, no one's going in the water. Say, I don't, exactly. And I don't want to say it's worthless. It's not worthless, but it's just, you know, and, and we talked about this before the before the show started, but if if Bolivar had just made a, a vintage Accutron with new stuff, we'd be all over it. So, I mean, that's the same thing they're doing here, but for some reason it's just like, well, that's cool. You know, I think that's that's the, that's, that's, that's the reaction I, that's the reaction that I just give like oh that's cool yeah that's to the it super you know? and that's what they're pushing is the super compressor part of it like that to, like like I was telling you they got this guy that does high fi reviews uh, to do named Ken Kessler uh, to review quote unquote this watch in their magazine that I get every quarter but it sounds more like a spec sheet than a review hmm. and 
He says the single most important element in keeping a watch healthy is case integrity. Well, yeah, that's true, but modern technology is better than that. There's no reason to kind of bend over backwards to do something in this style when it's easier with modern technology, materials, and things like that to just achieve the same function. What, what, what I think is interesting is this, the, the bezel crown doesn't screw down. So. It does not. And Christopher Ward, uh, somebody asked that question, and I read about this. It does have like four gaskets on that thing, two uh -huh. internal and two external, that they say will keep water out to, quote unquote, 150 meters. Uh -huh. uh, and they said that a screw down uh, bezel uh, crown would be too hard to operate underwater. I really don't think a modern diver is actually using their bezel underwater. I can't I just, imagine. And that's the thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I think this watch is gorgeous. Like, I, I really do. Cool it, it's really pretty. And I would, I would really, I wouldn't mind having one, like, at all. But, you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, I think for the normal folk, who would buy these things it's just one of those things that they put on there to go look we have more buttons yeah yeah i i, I but your standard trident yeah. is is better hell even the quartz trident is uh through 300 meters um which i don't know what the c65 see that's the thing the c65 case didn't have a screw down crown to begin with anyway uh, so this one does so I don't know if it's better than the standard C65 or not. I'm not right in front of their website to uh, to find out. But yeah, uh, I wouldn't. If I were Christopher Ward, I wouldn't have spent time on this. I don't know. I feel bad saying that because it's cool. Well, they're going like, to buy it. I mean, people are going to buy it. They'll buy it. I guess. I guess people. And are gonna and buy I'm it. gonna I'm gonna wait until it shows up on the used market for six hundred bucks <laughs> in two weeks to pick one up because unfortunately that's what happens to Christopher Ward's in the used market. Yeah. They don't hold, they don't hold their value. I think it's interesting how the loom markers, the first like four or five are yellow where the rest of them are white. Kind of like how they do that on bezels for dye bezels. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. That's pretty cool. I didn't notice that. Yeah. But otherwise aesthetically, I dig it. Oh, I just, dude. yeah. I just that, don't want to pay a thousand bucks. That one with that teal strap is gorgeous. God almighty, man, that thing's pretty. Crazy. Really, their vintage looking straps are really nice in person too. And I only know because I bought one for uh for my trident and it's it's their vintage looking straps are really nice. That vintage brown leather. What's but this? that's yeah. That's kind of cool that they put leather on divers because that's a no no on that's a no no. <laughs> Such a point of just like contention. Um what's this orange ring on the case back? What is that? Is that just for style? That's the super compressor ring. Oh that's the that's the, the can, spring ring. You thing. can see the if you if you there's a picture in this book that you can actually see the uh it's there's a ring there's a there's like a spring, a little metal spring in that thing that's looks like a crinkle cut french fry. <laughs> oh can, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can see it down through there, but that that spring will compress. It'll compress the watch shut as the pressure around it in increases. Yeah, cool. But they, they they wanted to show you that, so they put an exhibition case back on it. They wanted to show you that, you know, it's going to be just like me standing at a counter going, "Oh, that's the super compressor ring." It, uh, you know, people <laughs> are like, 
Wow, I don't know what that is. Not that is, but it sounds pretty damn cool. All yeah. the other super compressors, those are fake. This is a real super compressor. It is a real super compressor. I'll give them that. Oh, I mean, crazy. the guy they the guy they paid to put in the review in the book, he says it's real. It's got to count for something, right? Right. <laughs> but here, let's do this. Uh, we're actually getting close to the end here. Um. Let's play. Let's play. Which door? There's three other brands that have releases. Let's choose as a group, you and I, which one to focus on with our last few minutes. There's a Breitling release. There's a Bulgari release, and there's an Omega release. I think maybe we should talk about the Omega release. Uh, my guess is probably I would probably I think I would probably talk about the Omega. Um, yeah. Not that. Not that uh, Breitling is a is uh, they're kind of a niche brand to me. I don't know many people who are really that into them, but I feel like our listeners for the most part are in tune with Omega. Yeah, Bulgari so maybe not so much because those are very expensive. They're very expensive, and they're yeah. The, the, what they did, I just thought was interesting. But here, let me pull up. Did you see this new Seamaster that looks like a Yachtmaster? <laughs> <laughs> talking about i'm trying to figure no. out what the fuck uh what the fuck is it called god damn it i'm so bad at this no no okay let me just go to a block to watch thanks a block to watch keeping it real let me send you so omega here it is omega partners with undersea exploration nonprofit. Necton on new Seamaster Diver 300. This came out um, probably about a week and a half or so ago. So if you just Google Omega... Oh, here we go. Yeah. You got it? I got it. Yep. Let's see what it looks like. Well, that's what it looks like. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lord Jesus. It is a Yacht Master. It looks, like, it looks like a Yacht Master walked into a gas station bathroom. And then it quickly looks- behind it, the Omega followed, killed the Yacht Master... Put his face on. Yeah, took his jacket and just walked out. (laughs) Nice coat. (laughs) I like your coat. And then just like walked out. I don't think this needs to exist. I can't imagine anyone who'd be beating down the door to get this watch. Here's my thing. It's like we just talked about it. Like roll. I mean, Omega makes a quality product for a lot less than a Rolex. So why do you want to look like one? Because people buy Rolexes. I don't know. You're damn right. You got it. <laughs> oh, like man, I said, I'm... they could dog shit smear brown and somebody would be like, oh, I want it. I got to have it. Even the numbers are super similar. They're kind of like squat. It, and this very, sort of, wow. Yeah, that, that, that 3D bezel is very much, uh, very much Yacht Master. And to some extent, so is the red second hand. But Wow. It's not bad looking. It's not you know. bad looking, but I see it and I can't help but think Yachtmaster. Well, here, let's do this. How much is this thing? Okay, so maybe this is what's happening. If I don't have how the fuck much is a Yachtmaster? Probably nine or ten thousand dollars. I don't have nine or ten thousand dollars for a Yachtmaster. I only would need to pay five or six thousand to get this thing. So maybe it's one of those weird things where it's like, hey, if you like the look of the Yachtmaster, but you can't stretch nine or ten K. Why don't you stretch five or six K and you can get this watch, which evokes very similar vibes. Wow. 5,850 on rubber strap. 
available immediately. Uh, no, no limited edition. Uh, let's see here, Meta certified, which is pretty much all of them now. What the fuck is on the so, back of it? It's look. It, it's, it's, a, like it's, a, a, it's some kind of submarine. Like a dirigible. It's probably something to do. Yeah, it's probably something to do with this nonprofit they're teaming with. I'm sure people are really just like, guys, the nonprofit. It's but I don't know. I don't think about the nonprofit. I don't give a shit. I'm looking at the watch uh, right now. But just in terms of this release, I remember I saw this. I was sad. I was disappointed. And then I just forgot about it. And then you and I were getting ready for the show. I'm like, oh fuck, let me get Barrett's tape. Let me see if I'm. Let me see if I'm insane. No, it looks like a yacht master. It looks like a yacht master. It looks like a yacht master with an Omega dial and that you know that crown lock they have on the left hand side. It's a really weird mod. Maybe it's a really weird Omega mod. Well, yeah, it, it looks like somebody took a Seiko and put a yacht master uh, bezel on it when they do that. Um, I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not a bad looking watch. Uh, and the cool thing is, is I've, I've been lately uh, uh, looking through, uh, you know, about like the coaxial escapement. It's incredible. It is pretty neat. And to think that George Daniels uh, invented that thing in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, but it is pretty cool. It does. Um, it, it does. Uh, the way it works keeps you from having to oil it and all that stuff. So it works for longer. It doesn't get gummed up. It lasts you know, it keeps time longer, better, you know, yeah. it's, it, it is pretty cool. And, and Omega does have that going for them. It, it is a cool technology. It's supposed to be less susceptible to magnetism as well. That's what they say. That's what they say. <laughs> I'm not going to put it near one to find out. Yeah. I'm not about to get, uh, not about to get frisky with a magnet or anything like that. So it comes on rubber and it comes on the bracelet. Weirdly enough, even though I love this Seamaster bracelet, this watch looks better on rubber. I think it does too. I like that rubber strap on it. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what's happened to me personally, but I, 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 I'm usually, I usually like bracelets a lot, but lately some of the divers I've gotten, I've put on rubber and I'm like, Ooh. I don't have any good rubber straps. The only rubber strap I have, I got with my, uh, I got with the Raven. I, I got a while back and, um, it's supposed to be nice, but the fucking thing smells like vanilla. So I just, I keep it. I literally keep it in a plastic bag. Like What's in my funny closet. Is, I want one that smells like vanilla. All mine smell like rubber. You want mine? I'll give you. I will. I will <laughs> gladly send you. My I've never kid. seen one that smells like rubber. Oh my god! The I mean, it smells this. like vanilla. Sorry. Vanilla. Yeah. No. I. I. I know they do it because it, it masks the smell of the rubber. I get that. Anything else other than vanilla, bergamot, something that doesn't remind me of food. I don't know. Something that's well, not edible. I think. I think the rubber straps. In my opinion, like I actually like in the summertime to get into the water with yeah. uh, with my watches, and and I I, I think rubber uh, rubber kind of allows you to do whatever you want. Oh yeah, uh, like I I even put that the the bull of a chronograph, the inexpensive bull of a chronograph. I did the review on the oh the yeah, I think it's cool. Gold, the blue and gold one, yeah. I put that on a uh, Uncle Seiko Tropic. And, oh cool, man! God, I love it. It's great. Yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta get a proper, proper rubber strap. Oh, actually, I have one. I have a Seiko, one of the newer Seiko rubber straps that I got with my old Blue Lagoon Samurai, which is no longer with me. But I don't wear it because it's so fucking long. It has so much like extra rubber, like strap, like flappy dongage. 
That's so end? you can get it around that uh, that wetsuit that yeah, you got I, and then your closet there. Yeah, there's no there's no wetsuits in this fucking house. Do all do all rubber do, do all rubber straps have that extra dong itch at the end, or is it just the Seiko one? Uh, the Seiko one might be particularly big, but you know the um, I think that Uncle Seiko one I bought was like a standard length, and it's it's a pretty good it's got some good length to it. Yeah, for sure, and that's the. Th- problem i was a seven i have a seven and a half millimeter uh, inch wrist and sometimes on a smaller watch like 40 or below a leather strap you know you're literally getting it in the second to the last hole oh, yeah. so you know sometimes i have i don't mind a little bit longer one but everybody's different everyone's different i should probably make that one of my quests for the rest of the year try to find a good rubber strap that's actually comfortable to wear Man, but here let's let's do this. Let's round things out. Episode one hundred and ninety-one. Um, wanted to focus on new watch releases. We talked about this Christopher Ward Super Compressor. Um, spent a bunch of time really just digging into like the Rolex and Grand Seiko stuff, which was super super valuable. Definitely let us know your thoughts and opinions on the discussion. If there's anything you think that we totally missed or dropped the bomb on, or if anything that we said was interesting or anything like that, definitely hit us up. Also, let us know what are your kind of predictions for this. Seiko, Grand Seiko, T Zero, Tobion, like being production. Like, is this something that would actually end up going in a watch, or is this purely like a concept car? Hey, look what we did. Fuck everyone else. You know, interested to hear um, everyone's takes uh, on that. Also, let me know if you agree with me in saying that it's it's four pretty fucking useless functions uh, in one watch. <laughs> It's just, just, dude, someone spent five years on that, they said. Five years. Yeah. I mean, it's a... Come on. It's a quote-unquote labor of love. Labor of love is one way of saying it. Indentured servitude of love. I don't know. It's crazy. It is. I read this, that Turbion Mm -hmm. is on display, if you want to see it. It is on display in Morioka, Japan. More, More reason to go. Right. Yeah. So you can actually go look at it at a some museum, a time museum there, where Grand Seiko's makes all their good stuff. I wonder if anyone's gonna like go and do like Instagram photos or something like that. I, I, I think it'll be interesting. If someone goes, definitely tag us in your photos. We want to see it. Um, but yeah, man, good stuff. But here, let's do this. Let's start rounding it out. Huge thank you again to our um, Patreon audio district shout out participants, Graham. Um, in Hong Kong, and also Sasha, Sasha rocking the Zin. And, uh, well, I gotta pull it up because I'm 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 shit with numbers. Rocking the Zin nine ten split chronograph limited edition. Uh, Graham in Hong Kong rocking the Brightling Trans Brightling Transocean day date. Super cool, super 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 huge. Thank you to you guys as well. Um, let's do this Baird. Uh, let's just do it like this. Whenever the so let's end the show. I'll, so let's just do this. Just, just you can just say, "Hey, this is uh, you know, thanks for listening. This is Baird," and then I'll, I'll just jump in and close it. But uh, I'll just stop recording. But then let's just stay on Skype for another two seconds. Okay. All right. So, well, yeah. Whenever you're ready, I, just say, you know, "Hey, this is or like this is Baird. Thanks for listening or whatever." Well, I hope you guys have had a lot of fun today. I know I have. Yep. This is this is Baird, and this is Kaz. You have been listening to Two Book Watch Snobs. Later. <laughs>